0: He became a novice monk at the age of 12 in 1984 and received his higher ordination, Upasampada, in 1998. He is the founder and spiritual advisor of Dhamma Kami Buddhist Society, Singapore, and is currently serving as a spiritual advisor to Buddhist fellowship. He was the resident monk of Sri Lankara Maya Buddhist temple from 2001 to 2017. And uh, Venerable Rathalasar is very kind to request that we don't mind because he has just gone through a spinal surgery That we allow him to sit in the air instead of on the floor. So may we now have our most venerable Ratnasara on stage to give us his address on the topic. Does everything due to karma? So prepare. May our respect be to the Buddha,
1: who is perfectly enlightened and blessed. No, that's a that's Venerable members of the Bahasaṅga, friends with Dhamma, as all of you know today, that our topic is all about the karma. Does everything happen due to karma? One day, a young man approached the Buddha and he said, Lord, the blessed one, why there are so much differences among the humankind. Some people are born to be rich, others are born to be very poor. Some people live long life. But we also can see some people they die when they're very young. Some others are very healthy and strong while some other people are very weak and very sick, often. Some people are intelligent, while others are very stupid. Why there are so many differences? This was the question asked by a young man. The Buddha said, Kama Khamanava Satta kama dayata, kama yoni, Kamma bandhu, kama patisarana, kama satri vibanjati yadidam hinam panitata ayati. Young men, it is because of Kamma. We have Kamma as our inheritance, as our congenital cause. We are born out of karma. We are supported by karma. It is because of karma that human beings are born to different status and these differences among the mankind can be seen because of a karma. So this answer of the Buddha suggests that everything happens because of karma. But Buddha never said that everything happens because of past karma. But what it means here karma has Great influence in our life. It can decide many things in our life. But we should not misunderstand that everything happens because of karma or everything happens because of past karma. Now, moving forward, to understand the karma. And to understand that it is only one of the forces that operate in this universe, we need to have a little bit of clarification about what karma is. The Pali word karma simply means action. But when it comes to Buddhist teachings of the doctrines of karma, it's not a simple action, it's a very specific
0: action. Here in the teachings of the Buddha, when it is said karma, it means specific type of actions
1: which is able and capable of produce reactions. Such actions leave behind seeds that can ripen. Well, karma also can be simply means simple action which may not have any karmic consequences. For example, when you are thirsty, you may drink some water. This is just an action, it is not a karma. When you are hungry, you may eat something. When you are sleepy, we take rest, we sleep. There are such kind of many actions we do in our day-to-day life They are simply actions, but they are not karma. So, what it means by the term karma, it has got two important factors. Number one, it has to be intentional action. Number two, it has to have a kind of ethical valuation. When there are these two things. Then we can recognize it as a form of karma. Explaining what is karma, the Buddha explained in the Vedika Sutta. Monks, I declare it is intention which is karma. Having thought, having willed, one will do actions through one's thoughts, words, and physical action. So here Buddha emphasize intention as common. So it's very important for us to understand here. It is only intentional action which has got ethical evaluation, moral degree. And that is considered as common. Let's take some examples to understand this. A doctor does a surgery, but the patient dies. Is this the evil action of the doctor? The doctor did not have any intention of killing here. The doctor had the intention of rescuing, supporting this patient to recover, but it so happened the patient so we cannot consider that this is an evil action. You are driving a car and accidentally you knock down someone. The person died on the spot. Is this an evil karma? No. Because the driver did not have any intention of killing. It is simply an accident.
0: But you purposely drive you to kill someone.
1: And purposely knock down that person and killed on this bird. That is karma. While you are walking on the road, you may step on many insects, many ants, and such living beings were killed because of your stepping, but it is not your karma because you did not have any intention. So here, karma means you must have clear intention. At the same time, it must have some degree. Of moral evaluation, moral valuation, then only it can be considered as a karma. The Buddha, in very clear terms, divides karma into two major sections. In one hand, he talks about wholesome types of actions, wholesome action. On the other hand, he talks about karma, unskillful actions, unwholesome actions. Simply we recognize them as good action and bad action. But here a question may arise, how can we recognize good and bad? In one culture, what is recognized as good may be considered as evil in another culture. For example, in Buddhist teaching, we recognize killing is an evil action. But it is possible under some conditions in certain cultures, killing is accepted and even recognized as a form of good action. So in this particular case how can we recognize what is good, what is bad? Is it because of culture? Does it based on the religion? Here Buddha has given us very clear instructions how to recognize good and bad. One day he addressed Venerable Rahula, the little Rahula was standing just in front of a mirror. So Buddha asked this question, Rahula, what is the purpose of having a mirror? The little Rahula uh, replied, Venerable, sir, it is for the purpose of reflection. So Buddha continued, exactly so Rahula. Before you do any kind of actions, you must reflect carefully. These actions that I'm going to do, will it bring any kind of negative, destructive, unwholesome types of results? These actions that I'm going to do, will it bring any kind of good, wholesome, positive type of results? Having thought carefully, having evaluated the actions, then you must do wholesome actions. You must avoid unwholesome actions. Here Buddha teaches us to recognize good and bad based on three kinds of conditioning. First of all, in order to understand whether an action is good or bad, we have to analyze the motive behind the action. Any kind of actions which is motivated by greed, hatred and delusion, that is recognized as unskillful, negative action, should not be done. Any action which is motivated by generosity, compassion and wisdom, that has to be recognized as a good action, wholesome action. So one way to understand what is good and bad is to analyse our own motive behind the action. Secondly, we also must understand and analyse our intention. Any kind of action which is intended to bring suffering, intended to bring sorrow, lamentation, pain, that is recognised as harmful. But on the other hand, any kind of actions which is intended to bring peace, happiness, joy to yourself and fellow brothers and sisters, that is to be recognized as wholesome action. So second way to recognize good and bad is to analyze your own intention. Before you do anything, very carefully, you ask from yourself. What is the motivation behind this action that I'm going to do? What is my intention behind this action? So when you analyze motivation and intention, you can understand whether the action that you are going to do is good or bad. Third way to recognize good and bad is the consequences of the action. This action that I'm going to do and after doing that action, probably the consequences will be like this or like that. In this way, we can use our common sense, and we can assume, and we can analyze our own action. And then if any actions that you assume, if you want to do that lead to suffering, and then that should not be done. It is a negative action. But any actions that you assume that after doing, it will result in wholesome way, bring peace, happiness and joy, then it is to be done. So in this way, uh, we also have to recognize and analyze the consequences of the action. So how to recognize good and bad? It is based on your own motivation, intention and the consequences. When you analyze very carefully these three steps, you can yourself recognize what is good and what is bad. So Buddha's advice for his wise disciples, here disciples does not mean only monks and nuns, but but the disciple means all his disciples, including male and female lay followers. His instructions to them, Sambal Papasakarno, refrain from all the kind of evil, Wicked, immoral, unwholesome types of actions. They dedicate yourself to cultivate positive, constructive and wholesome types of actions. So, good and bad, or wholesome and unwholesome, or positive or negative, these actions can be easily recognized actions, they are spiritually praiseworthy, socially beneficial, and karmically productive in happiness. They bring joy and happiness. Buddha says, Chaya wa such kind of pleasant actions, beautiful actions, wholesome actions, they will follow you like your own shadow and will give you the due results in time to come. They will bring so much bliss and happiness. On the other hand, those actions which are spiritually blameworthy, socially destructive, and karmically harmful lead to suffering. And these are the actions which are negative and destructive. We must avoid such actions. So now we simply understand, come, what is good, what is bad, how to recognize good and bad. We have this understanding. So now, moving forward, there are some seriously misunderstood certain concepts related to the Kama, but the Buddha has rejected them. In the time of the Buddha, there were some popular theories and beliefs that he rejected flatly. One of the idea he openly rejected is known as pupe kataheduadan past action determinism belief that everything happened because of past karma. Remember Buddha rejected this idea. Buddha never told everything happened because of past karma. This idea was rejected by the Buddha. And Buddha argued, if everything happened because of our past karma, then we cannot change. We cannot change to be a better human being. No matter how hard we work, we cannot change. Because our life is already decided by our past karma. Buddha says, if everything happened because of past karma, no point of doing good, because you cannot change your future. No point of refraining from evil. So Buddha rejected this idea. So the idea that everything happens because of past karma is not Buddhist idea. This idea is coming from Jainism. It is the Jaina Mahavira, the founder of Jaina religion. It is his theory that everything happens because of past karma. Buddha never taught such a thing. So Buddha rejected this idea. The second theory Buddha rejected is known as This is the belief that everything happened in our life happens because of the will of the Creator God. Issara here means the Creator God. In the time of the Buddha, people believed in life. Good and bad things happen. Pleasure and pain is born. And everything goes according to the will of that Creator. Buddha rejected this idea too. He said, if everything happened because of the will of that Creator, then we don't have a choice. Life is fatalistic. We cannot change. So Buddha rejected this idea. He said, if everything happened because of the creator's will, there's no point of doing good and refraining from evil. No matter how hard you work, you cannot change your life. So Buddha rejected the second idea too. The third theory that Buddha rejected is known as Ahetu Apacheva. It means accidentalism. According to this theory, things happen in our life accidentally, randomly. There is no real cause. In our life, we experience pain and suffering and the life goes on according to accident without any real cause. Buddha rejected this idea too, and he said, "If it is the case, if everything happened accidentally, randomly, without real cause, then it gave no point of working hard because we cannot change anything. After all, things happen accidentally." <laughs> the fourth idea that Buddha rejected is known as akiriyavada. Akiriyavada is the materialistic view, and these are the people who said there is no karma, there is no rebirth. There's no good and bad. So these people, these people simply deny the effect of action. They simply deny cause and effect. Buddha said there is karma. There is results of karma. There is action and reaction. There is cause and effect. So Buddha said that there's nothing happened without cause. Everything happened because of causes and conditions. So the karma can ripen as we bargain. So Buddha rejected this fourth idea too, which is the, there is no karma or there is no rebirth. So Buddha affirmed that there is rebirth, there is karma. So here, then the Buddha project his idea of karma. Good and bad actions they give good and bad results. So every single moment we are becoming someone that depends on our own thoughts, words, and actions. We are not slave to our actions. We are not slave of our karma, but we can choose to be better. So we can change our life. Our life is not predestined. Our life is not faded. We can change for better. So, because of that, the Buddha's teaching of karma that we have so much belief in our own action. So what's your thoughts? For they become your words. What your words? For they become your actions. What's your actions? For they become your habits. What's your habit For they become your character. What's your character? For they become your future. So everything starts with our thinking. So Buddha says, mind is the forerunner for everything. Mano bhubham gama dhamma, mano setta mano maya, says in Dhammapada. So mind is the forerunner for everything. So if it is the case that if you want to change for better, and starting point is our own mind. Based on mind, then we can take actions through our thoughts, words, and to physical actions, then we can change our life. Now, when it comes to the question, does everything happen because of karma? As I said, Buddha rejected that everything happened because of past karma. Buddha also rejected the idea that everything happened because of the Creator's will. Buddha also rejected the idea that everything happened randomly. Then Buddha also rejected the idea that there is no karma, but he said there is karma. So he rejected materialistic. So having said so, Buddha also doesn't say that everything happened because of karma. Why? Other than the karma, there are other forces operating in this universe. So there are five types of forces operating in this universe. Karma is only one of them. So what are the other forces? First of them is known as uttudiyama. Physical law. This universe operates according to the physical law. Sometimes it is cold, at other times it is hot, sometimes it is rainy, windy. Tsunami, tornado, earthquake, such kind of natural disasters occurs. Why the earth pulls everything towards its center? Such kind of things happen because of Uttu physical, inorganic order of the universe, physical law. Suddenly, the Buddha said, Dijaniyama, biological laws. Human beings, other living beings, flora and fauna, how living beings evolved and how they are still evolving why does your son look like your grandfather, but not like you? And that will explain the theory of the genes. So, scientific discovery of genetics and the theory related to genes, all these belong to the second order Bija biological law. The third force operating in this universe, the Buddha says, Kama Niyama, The law of the karma, cause and effect, the moral law. Every action has reactions. Every action can produce results. Every intentional action
0: which has got moral evaluation
1: or moral degree, and such actions can give results beyond the day. Some of these actions give results in this life itself. Some actions go beyond the death. Some actions, some karma, can be annihilated. So here we do not say that all the actions will ripen. When the action to come into ripening, there should be necessary conditions. Karma is like a seed. You plant a mango seed. As long as there is no rain. As long as there is no sunshine and necessary conditioning, then this seed will not sprout into a plant. Exactly so. Kama also come into existence when there are necessary conditioning. So here Kama Niyama is the third force operating in this universe. Dhamma Niyama, the fourth law. Here, the Dhamma, the law of the Dhamma, dependent origination. Why everything is interdependent and interrelated in this universe? Four noble truths, three characteristics of existence, the law discovered by the Buddha, the eternal truth, the Dhamma, and that explain self-subsisting nature of this universe. So it is the fourth law or force operating in this universe. It is because the Dhamma Niyama, is possible. It is possible for us to develop our ethical, spiritual and intellectual faculties and we can get rid of this cycle of existence and attain public enlightenment. So this theory is Dhamma Finally, Chitta the fifth one the psychic law, the mind is more powerful than they assume. Human mind has got so much power dominated within it. But they teach how to develop the mind and achieve various kind of psychic powers and abilities. In Buddhist teachings, we come across that those who develop the mind to the highest level and achieve various kind of psychic abilities, they go beyond the normal states. They achieve various powers in the mind itself. So these are the five universal powers or forces operating in our existence. So karma is only one of them. So sometimes when there are tsunami, earthquake, tornado, such kind of natural disa- disasters, some people go to the extent to say that this is karma, this is karma, but this is wrong. Natural disasters do not occur because of karma. Natural disasters occur because of uttodiyama, physical law. And on the other hand, some people, again in life, whatever happens, they like to point out it to a karma. This is my karma. When you fail exam, you might say this is my past karma. When you cannot get a proper job, you might think this is my past karma. When you cannot find someone to get married, you might think this is my past karma. This is wrong understanding of karma. Buddha never says that everything happens because of past karma. Buddha also did not say that everything happened because of karma. Other than the karma, there are also other forces existing in this universe. But Buddhism recognized karma is one of great force that operating in our life. So Buddha's advice for his wise disciples to understand this karma well, then to refrain from negative, destructive, unwholesome types of actions because they produce suffering. And then he also advised his disciples to do wholesome, positive actions because they bring peace and happiness. And eventually Buddha also encouraged his disciples to sacchitta parivadapana, to purify the mind, to practice meditation and eventually to achieve enlightenment. So this much is enough as a talk. Perhaps you might have questions to ask. So if you have got any questions to ask, we'll dedicate this time for that. Thank you so much.
0: Day, would you allow our or here to do a little bit of translations to the other teams, please? Thank you. I just want to ask why it's easy for somebody to do a bad thing rather than do a good thing. Is that because of just intention or because it is a, a part of a sin of the, our past life? Thank you.
1: Buddha himself has given the answer to your question. Soharaani asaduni atano ahitancha tamve hitancha saduncha tamve bara It is easy to do evil, wicked, immoral things. It is easy to do such actions. But what is beneficial? What is good for the others? And those good actions are difficult to be done. This is the nature. For example, it is very easy to be lazy, but difficult to be diligent. Easy to be poor, difficult to be rich. Very easy to be foolish, but very difficult to be wise easy to fall sick but difficult to achieve good health. All the good things in this world are difficult to achieve but it's worth trying to achieve. Buddha never says doing good is easy but what Buddha says doing good is possible and worthy to be done because they bring a lot of wholesome benefits. Human mind is full of lot of defilements. By nature we are deluded. We have a lot of cravings. So it is easy for us to float away by defilements and we can easily drown away to do various evil, immoral, unwholesome actions. So that is easy. So you need to have a lot of discipline, a lot of courage. It is not easy to follow the path of the Buddha, but it is possible and that is the best way. Practicing the teachings of the Buddha is somewhat like swimming against the current of the river. It is difficult, but the reward will bring so much blessing so, friend, it is so in this world. Good things are to be achieved through working hard diligently. So, do not give up. Do not give up. Work diligently, and it is possible. So, Buddha says, By working hard diligently, we can end the suffering. We can get rid of this cycle of existence and we can win the bliss and happiness. So in order to do that, we need a lot of courage. That is why Bodhisattvas, Bodhisattvas, they have 10 perfections, and one of them is real determination and energy, and we need that. I believe
0: that, uh, <coughs> The yap tangler. Dear Venerable, can I just chat with you? Um how do we hasten um the good seeds of karma ripening? And also does it mean that um we just do a lot of good and don't like have any intention of whether you ripen alone Just
1: continue to do good and that will hasten the good seeds ripening? That should be the correct attitude. Just keep doing good. Keep on doing good. Do not expect in return. That is the wholesome way of doing it. If anyone can do good without expectation anything in return, that is the most noblest way of doing good. Because when you do something good and at the same time you do not Expect anything in return. You do the good for the sake of the good that is the noble intention because you do not have any attachment here. When you keep on doing good, the wholesome power of the actions, the wholesome karmic power will be increased. Eventually, the wholesome karmic power will be ripened and will give you the due results. When the result comes to you, the result will be pleasant, beautiful, and you will enjoy it. Wholesome karmic actions has also the power to weaken the negative karmic consequences. That is the simplest reason Buddha, when he said to his disciples, to avoid doing evil, Here, when you avoid doing evil, we prevent producing evil, unwholesome, negative, destructive types of karma coming to ripening. Then at the same time, he encouraged us to do good, be good, do wholesome, positive, constructive action. And here we create positive environment. Necessary condition environment for wholesome actions to come into existence and ripen. So you have got the right understanding here. You have got the right attitude. That should be the way. Do good. Do not expect anything in return. By its nature, they will come back to you. Those people who do good, they will enjoy the good, whether you expect it or not.
0: You could hold a mic nearer to your mouth so that it could be louder. We appreciate that. Thank you. You have explained here about past karma. I would love to know your opinion about rebirth and previous birth and there are how many kinds of violence and what is the relation between past karma, and violence and previous birth or rebirth, if you believe. Thank you.
1: According to the Buddha's teaching, this is not the first life we are living. This is also not the last life we are living. We have been born billions of times in the past. In time to come, we will be born again and again and again. What connects our previous life to this life is karma. It is because of our previous actions, past karma, past good karma specifically, that we are born as human beings. Buddha, in Mahamangala Sutta, in very clear terms, he says, We have done lot of merits in the past. Having done merits in the past itself is a great blessing. As Buddhists believe, in order to be born as a human being, we need to have a lot of merits. So each and every one of you, you have done a lot of merits in order to be born as a human being. So the connection between past life, previous life, and this life is again common. Basically, we have done a lot of good karma. That is why we are fortunate enough to be born as human beings. But of course it does not mean that we have done only good karma. Perhaps maybe we have done negative, destructive and wholesome actions as well. So from time to time we had to reap the result of both good and bad. Then, but Buddha never says that everything happened because of past karma. Why? At present life also we do karma. Any kind of good or bad actions we do now, they are also labeled as karma. So present actions has got so much power. Past actions have been done already. We are just reaping their results. But the present actions that we do, they have the power within themselves to change our future. So after the death, we will be born again. So between between this life and next life that we are going to be born, what we call rebirth, again linking is coming here. So Buddha says, Sabbe Satta, Manisanti, Maranantang, Jivitang. Sooner or later, all the living beings they come to face the death. Yata Kambangamisanti, Punya Papa Palupaga. But the journey does not stop with the death. The journey will continue. You will be born again. Punya Papa Palupaga. Based on two types of energies, one is Papa dark type of energy, is unskillful, unwholesome types of karmic energy. The other one is punya, bright type of energy, wholesome karmic energy. So to the, the answer to your question, between our previous existence and this life, connection is common. And again, moving forward, the connection between this life and next life, again, it is common.
0: คุณประยุทธ์ได้ถามถึงครับ ขอ... I would
1: like to ask
0: why the Buddha said giving except on giving Giving the Dhamma, giving of the Dhamma, exhale all the giving. Why the Buddha say that?
1: Sabdaanang Dhammadhanam jinati. The gift of the Dhamma excels all the other gift. Why did the Buddha say so? All the material gift that you can give, they only bring temporary happiness, but the Dhamma can give you ultimate bliss and happiness. Dhamma is the path, it is the way to achieve perfect enlightenment. In this long cycle of existence, we have undergone a lot of sufferings and in time to come, we do will undergo a lot of suffering in this cycle of existence. No doubt there is bliss and happiness in this repeated existence. But ultimately there is so much suffering. It is only the Dhamma that can show you the right path to get rid of this repeated cycle of birth and death and achieve perfect bliss and happiness, Nibbana. Nibbana is the supreme type of happiness. Nibbana, Paramang, Sukam. And that is the ultimate goal of all the Buddhist practitioners. Those who achieve the Nibbana, ultimate bliss and happiness, they are ever peaceful, happy, joyful. Look at the Buddha. Look at the enlightened ones. They are always peaceful. They are always calm. They are always serene and so blissful. So, Dharma can bring that bliss and happiness. That is why the Buddha says, giving the Dharma, excel all the other gifts. Whatever the other worldly gift, wealth, power, popularity, knowledge, skills, whatever you label it, they can bring only temporary solution to the problem of suffering. They can bring only temporary happiness. But the everlasting bliss and happiness is achieved only through the Dhamma. So that is why the Buddha said the gift
0: of Dhamma excels all the other gifts. Thank you, Dante. Uh-huh. Thank, you. Thank you very much for coming here to address us on this topic. Thank you very much. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. And shall we also wish our Bhante Ratanasara your speedy recovery on your spinal surgery? Thank you very much. And now shall we invite upon our sister Kelly and uh, brother Kia Hua to come and make...